thank you for downloading this in-ear entertainment podcast. You're listening to Shakespeare's Sonnets. Sonnet 1. From fairest creatures we desire increase, that thereby beauty's rose might never die, but as the riper should by time decease, his tender air might bear his memory. But thou, contracted to thine own bright eyes, feedst thou light's flame with self-substantial fuel, making a famine where abundance lies. Thyself thy foe, to thy sweet self too cruel, thou that art now the world's fresh ornament, and only herald to the gaudy spring. Within thine own bud buriest thy content, content, and, tender chill, makest waste in niggarding. Pity the world, or else this glutton be, to eat the world's dew by the grave and thee. So, welcome to Shakespeare's Sonnets, random people. This That was sonnet number one of, of Shakespeare's 154 of them, blimey. Um, I'm Mark Chatterley, as, as you'll probably recognise my voice. Maybe not by now, but you will. And I'm with my great friend, who I shall let introduce himself. Hello, I am Thierry, and uh, I'll be co-hosting this podcast together with Mark for... Uh... Well, an entire year we're planning to do this throughout all of Shakespeare's amazing sonnets. Yeah, and and, and you've just heard the first one. You will hear Thierry read it again at the end of the episode, um, but you can pretty much find them anywhere online. They're all um, out of copyright. Did, did they ever get in copyright? I don't know. I, I, I remember reading that Shakespeare never really gave his consent to having them published in the first place, so uh, copyright was a bit tricky at the time, I guess. Yeah, so we're essentially dancing on his grave. Pretty much. I think that's what you do with Shakespeare, don't you? Yeah. (laughs) He didn't want them published. We're we're forcing them into the public side. So this sonnet, this sonnet one, and from one up until about 17 is is a collection of sonnets that are called the, um, or generally referred to as the procreation sonnets. That's correct, isn't it? Yes, yes. They're uh, addressed to uh, a young, anonymous young lover. We, We don't know who he is or whether he actually ever existed basically being told i mean birth and procreation is a theme that uh is recurring in these first 17 sonnets and and there's definitely in in this sonnet um there, there's definitely a a feeling of um your life is going to end i i and i mean the feeds thou lights flame with self-substantial fuel the fuel will run out making a famine where abundance lies there's, there's definitely a feeling of if you're not getting it on you're wasting your life, which is is quite an interesting message to be giving out. It is at, at the same time there is a lot of admiration for the young lover, though. He does um, he, he does respect him a lot. He's 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 not saying it out of spite. You're gonna die. He's, he's it's more like a foreboding, like a warning, and it's like you you are so great, and please have children because we we <laughs> can't let your line die out, and you have to procreate because you are such an amazing person. So it's it's less of it's not an adult to a, a a young adult saying this is something you need to do. It's more of a I admire you so much. I don't want your essence essentially to disappear. That's that's pretty much what is going on here. Yes, which I I find that I suppose that's quite <clears throat> excuse me different to to the modern world in that nowadays people are having children later and later and later. I I've got friends who. I, I think are having kids quite early and they're in their 30s and to me that's quite early 
and and that wouldn't have been the case uh, back in 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 when these were published. Well, to be fair, in Elizabethan times, by forty you could be an old man. So waiting until you were thirty four or thirty five years old to have children, <laughs> that that would have been quite late. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I suppose that's true. Yeah, the life expectancies. Oh, I'm going to have to do some research. I'm going to have to read around this. And um, so, yes, uh, this is this is the first sonnet as well. And I, I suppose it acts as a as a kind of um, introduction, text, or, yeah, or yeah, a table of contents for the for what's to come. And and this very definitely sets the scene of of you need to have children. Well, I mean, the, the very first line from Fairest Creatures We Desire Increase, that, that just, I mean, he's basically begging him to have sex. It's just, <laughs> not with himself, obviously, but with, with, a, uh, with a female. And I suppose there would have been a, a lot of Christian influence in terms of sort of the, the traditional Christian values of, of procreation. Uh, and, and essentially, marriage didn't necessarily come into it marriage back then was still a property exchange at its base level i'd say and procreation was the outcome of that and and that was humanity's aim to procreate well shakespeare doesn't seem concerned at all with the um i'll, I'll give you 20 sheep if you uh have my daughter sort of thing he, he's he is really just obsessed with um the, the procreation part of the marriage but even though he doesn't really mention marriage in this uh first sonnet at all that's true and, and yeah i i that's that's true i wonder because uh, i i again i've got no knowledge of what's what's coming up um so i'd be interested to see if that appears for me i'm just i'm just sort of trying to look at some of the words um in terms of words that to me don't mean a lot but did there's there's the wonderful word and we talked about this a bit earlier um before we started recording which is a uh, niggarding niggarding yeah, yeah which is is a wonderful word and i have to admit i'm not a hundred percent sure what it means hoarding i think as in and g- keeping everything to himself uh, which so, makes so, sense in contents and, and he, tender he, chill he, he makes, makes waste, waste in niggard yeah tender chill makes waste in niggarding so he, he's the, the, it's a recurring theme as well that will turn up again later. He, the the, um, the young lover is apparently obsessed with himself. So we'll, okay. we'll, we'll have we'll have the mirror in, I think, Sonnet Two or Sonnet Three, where he's just very very self obsessed, narcissistic young lover. So he's basically telling him, if if you just love yourself, there's no way, there's no end. Well, there is an obvious end for you, but you're not gonna like it. Bit sort of thing. <laughs> You'll 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 wither away. Yeah, yeah. You'll you'll have all your stuff, but what are you gonna do with all the stuff you are hoarding if you if you don't have children to uh, no no heir to give it to? Yes, yeah. To eat the world's due by the grave and thee. Uh, the the idea that yeah, pity the world or else this glutton be to eat the world's due by the grave and thee. It, it's a nice rhyming couplet at the end to finish, but. You're left with this, or at least I'm left with this feeling of of oh, I, I, depression, and and I I'm pitying him. You you feel the pity that that, that the writer obviously feels for this young lad. I, I, at least I think there's some pity in there. Like you said, there's admiration in the sense of I want you. I think you should. You're that wonderful and beautiful. And you should go forth and do this. But there's also a a pitying in the sense of you're wasting something special. Well, I mean, if if you are talking to a younger lover, he, he knows he, he has been there himself. He was young once, 
So he has that experience and he, he can see how that guy is making those that mistake of not having sex with a wonderful female to have these wonderful children. <laughs> so I think that there is a definite sense of, uh, of pity in there as well. Yeah, I, 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 I lovely. I'm, we're probably coming up. I, I'm, I'm not timing these, but I'm, I'm kind of uh, going by what, what feels to me to be a sort of uh, a nice wrapping up. And it sounds like we're kind of coming to the end of this first sonnet. But I just wonder if there's anything else in there that you wanted to pick up on. There was. I think we touched on all the, uh, the interesting bits. I, th- I think nigger doing. We, we we can both agree that's uh, probably one of the most interesting word in there. <laughs> I love it. I I love the, these old words that that have fallen out of use. You tend to get them. They, it was quite popular maybe last year to in the last couple of years at least to get little books of um, unused British words or unused English words, and they'd give you the description. And there was always really which I words that I've always knew the meaning of, like like succubi and incubi were ones that came up in there quite a lot. But you'd get words like niggarding, niggarding in there. I'm going to be really careful about how I say that. Um, so we're probably going to pop along and, and see a few more of them as we go forward. Pro- yeah, I, well, I mean, there's quite a few left to go. So. <laughs> we must be halfway through by now. <laughs> yes, yes. We've been talking for a whole 10 minutes. <laughs> All right, I, I, I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to let you um, read sonnet number one as we go out. And, and I I did mess up a few times, I will admit. And I'm sure that's going to be a recurring will, theme for yeah. me. So we shall see whether you do, and then we will say goodbye to everyone. Right, sonnet one. From fairest creatures we desire increase, that thereby beauty's rose might never die. But as the riper should by time decease, his tender air might buy his memory. But thou, contracted to thine own bright eyes, feeds thy light's flame with substantial fuel, making a famine where abundance lies, thyself thy foe, to thy sweet self to cruel. Thou that art now the world's fresh ornament, and only herald to the gaudy spring, within thine own butt buriest thy content, and tender churl makes waste in niggarding. Pity the world, or else this glutton be, to eat the world's dew by the grave and thee. Excellent. Thank you very much. I've been Mark Chatterley. I've been Thierry Hellas. And, and this is Shakespeare Sonnets, and I hope you tune in for Sonnet number two next time. Thank you very much. Good, Bye-bye. Goodbye. You've been listening to Shakespeare Sonnets with Mark Chatterley and Thierry Hellis. This has been an in-ear entertainment podcast. To listen to other podcasts or find out more about in-ear entertainment, go to www.inearentertainment.com.